Readers Entertainment Radio presents Book Lights with your host, author Lisa Kessler. Book Lights, where we're shining a light on good books. Hello, everyone. If you're in the United States, everyone lost an hour, so <laughs> we've all leapt ahead. Um, but spring is here, longer days. That's exciting. And I'm really excited because today we have kind of a different show for us because we're going to be talking about audiobooks. And we have USA Today bestselling author Anna Lowe is here, and we're hoping that her narrator might even show up. So you guys will just have to wait and see, just like us, and we'll see if she makes it. But that would be really cool. Um, but anyway, so we're going to talk about um, audiobooks and how they happen and all that kind of thing. And I'm excited for you to meet Anna. She's fantastic. So if you haven't read her books yet, you're in for a treat, and they are all in audio. And I'll read her bio here so you can get to know her. Uh, USA Today and Amazon bestselling author Anna Lowe loves putting the hero back in heroin and letting location ignite a passionate romance. She loves dogs, sports, and travel, and letting the later inspire her fiction. If she's not hunched over her laptop working on her latest story, you'll find her hiking in the mountains or biking country roads. Either way, the day will end with a chunk of dark chocolate and a good read. And I did put a link to Anna's website right there on the Blog Talk site. So if you're listening live or if you're listening later, you can click that anytime and sign up for her newsletter. I believe you get an audio book just for signing up, but she can tell us for sure. And uh, if Kelsey gets here, her narrator, she is from Denver and now lives in L.A., where she does all kinds of acting and voice acting and she, I, I did put her information on the website as well, but wow, she has quite a resume for audiobooks and that kind of thing. So without any delay, I'll let Anna tell you all about Kelsey because she knows her. But Anna, are you there? I am. Hi, Lisa. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming back. And I'm so excited because I I have two of my series are out in audiobooks so far. Um, well, actually, the first book of the third series is also in audio, but you, you have, how many books do you have in audio now? Well, we have a lot, and when I say we, I mean myself and Kelsey Osborne, my narrator, um, and I guess we'll talk about that later, like how it all got, how we, how we, got, how we got matched, so to speak, um, but I think I, I've lost count, it's over 30. Um, I have one, two, three, five series of five or six books each. Um, and odds and ends. And as you mentioned, yes, um, two. I have two free audio books um, that you can get on my website when you sign up for my newsletter. So um, I, I just I love doing that because I know audio can be an investment of time and of money, um, and obviously of money, but time too. Um, so you got to test if it's for you, um, and that's why I make sure I have um, a couple books that people can can try out to see if if it's if it matches their interest. Yeah, and I actually was not an audiobook listener until my first series came out in the audio, and I thought, well, I guess I should listen to it and see if it's okay. And I was so amazed because narrators really bring a whole other um, dimension to your book. Like they pick things up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I didn't, you know, even just just writing it and reading it to myself, they pull things out and you can really see the character arc of the characters changing. And how do you feel about it, audio? Absolutely. 
Yeah, and I hear that again and again. Don't ask me, ask the listeners. Um, and I hear that again. Like when you read reviews, they're like, oh, I've read this book, but hearing it in audio brought out aspects I didn't catch the first time around. Um, or I laughed at different parts. Or, oh, now I understand the background of the character. And obviously it was in the, in the written book, but um, I guess maybe the way your eye goes over the page or the mood that you're in at the moment, whatever it may be, I, you know, I don't have an answer for explanation for it, but it comes up again and again how audio just brings out the depth uh, of the story. So I guess maybe that's a good way to, to think of it is um, uh, we kind of get a more 3D experience. So if you see the word on the flat page or on your flat uh, right. ebook reader, you know, that's one, and, and your mind is doing all the work translating those, you know, that print into in right. voices and sounds. Um, but hearing somebody read it with their intonation, and it's really funny because sometimes um, I test, listen to everything uh, chapter by chapter, and I guess we'll go into the detail later, but I listen to the whole book before I okay it, obviously, right? And, and when I do that, I, I sometimes I catch myself and like, wait, I didn't mean it that way. I didn't think she sounded that way, you know, my character right. or the hero. <laughs> or the, but I totally get into it. I'm like, and and, and I, I had to learn that at the beginning of the process to trust the narrator because she's an artist. I guess the way writers are artists too, but she's mm-hmm. the master of her craft and the master of my craft. So I need to leave that to her. And, um, and yeah, it's great. We have a good partnership. And, and as I said, you just hear that listeners um, find a different aspect. So I think that might be, for me, the ideal. There's a thing called, what is it? It's whisper sync. Like, like you can get a book mm-hmm. that, that, so you can read it, a chapter in the ebook, and if it's whisper sync, you can then listen to the audio, and it automatically knows where you are. Don't ask me how this works. <laughs> I'm not a tech <laughs> I know, <person>. right? <laughs> this magic. <laughs> chapter one and two at home and then I can get in the car and it automatically gives me chapter three or if I have to pause in the middle of chapter three, it picks up in the right spot, whether that's ebook or audio, wherever I left off. And I, I'm, I'm thinking that's probably, you know, if you imagine yourself like in a 3D movie, it's, it's kind of that extra dimension to your, your story experience, I guess. Yes. And for the listeners, um, most of our listeners are readers, and I don't know if they know the behind the scenes, but how, how did you find Kelsey? How does it, when you decide, I'm going to make an audio book, how did that come together for you? Yeah, it's really interesting. I'd like to hear how you've done it, too. Um, so I knew I, I, I saw, okay, audio books are, are very popular, and there's a lot of people who, who want stories in different formats, so I started to investigate, and there's different ways of doing it. You can sell your book to a publisher, like an audio publisher, and then they kind mm-hmm. of take care of everything. And you just book, and it's done, and you wouldn't know how it runs. But I wanted to be involved in myself, so you can go, Audible has a little platform where you can audition narrators. And this whole new world opened up to me. <laughs> you know, you, you, well, you, know, you don't know about other fields. So you go in there and you can put, you know, I want a female narrator. You can say, you know, young voice, an older voice, uh, you know, whatever you, you can, different accents you can put in. And you ask people to audition for your work. Um, and 
Um, so that's how I found Kelsey. A lot of people were auditioning, um, and Kelsey was just great. She has just a – I wish she was here. Let's hope she gets here. And she has a much better voice yeah, than I do. <laughs> and, and these audio, um, these narrators are it's such an interesting um, branch, I guess. They, they, put, they, they do audio books. They do commercial voiceovers. You know, she might be the person saying, you know, Paul Mollis, you know, it's the best, you know, whatever <laughs> commercial. Um, right. Some of them do games. You know how gaming is a big thing? And I, I don't know, I'm not a gamer, but I suppose they say things, you know, they say like mm-hmm. in, in your space or something. They do those voices. Um, uh, some of them are act- actors as well, like actually on-screen actors. Um, so they're really interesting. Um, so it was a steep learning curve. It's a lot of work to make an audio book. Um, but now that I know how it works, and Kelsey and I have worked together in so many books, it's just so much smoother. What has your experience been like, Lisa? What, what have you found? Well, I've had both experiences. So one of my book, one of my series was picked up by Audible, and they did everything. I did talk to the narrators that they had picked because most of them reached out to me and they wanted to know: Does anyone have an accent? How do you see this character, you know, sounding, all this kind of thing. And it was interesting. I always build um, Pinterest boards when I'm writing because it helps me, you know, visualize what the settings and the people look like. And so it was funny. I sent the narrators the Pinterest boards because I was like, I don't know, this is how they look in my head. And all of them came back going, that is so helpful. Thank you. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, but, you know, yeah. you, you you describe that they have a deep voice, but I guess if they look at it, the board and see that it's Bradley Cooper, it gives them an idea of what I'm picturing, I guess, or something. But um, so that was fun. But I, you were right. I had absolutely no say in anything and the books were out and for sale and they sent them to me, um, my copies. And that was when I first listened to an audiobook, And I was like, Oh, my gosh, for some reason, I thought audiobooks was just somebody reading a book out loud. But these are like totally acted and, and they had done male and female narration alternating. Um, so anyway, it was really interesting. And I fell in love with audio. So then I was like, Okay, I want to do one myself. So the Muse Chronicles, I went to ACX and I auditioned narrators. And like you said, oh, my gosh, you get so many. And so so many of them are so good. And you're like, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, so that was interesting. And the whole process of going through it and, and you know, listening and giving notes that are useful, um, useful feedback for the narrator, that was a learning curve also. And, you know, because – it's hard as an, as an author, we write, you know, things that we hope people can visualize, but writing what it sounds like is really hard. And so trying to give them helpful feedback, you know, this sounds kind of whiny and pinched, um, <laughs> you know, or whatever to get the, the audio that we want. So yeah, it was a real collaborative um, process to do that, but it was, super fun. I mean, it is like making your book in 3D. And I would guess if your book ever became a movie, then that would be like 4D because you could see them. I don't know, but it was really, it was really, yeah, it was a cool, cool experience. 
but it does take a lot of time because you're listening to all of it, right? Do you guys listen together as she's recording or do you wait for the whole audio book and then listen? Yeah, so I learned what works best for me is um, Kelsey just keeps me updated. She, every, every time she finishes one or two chapters and, and once, um, so she will typically take uh, about three weeks to record a whole book um, and she will usually do maybe two chapters a day. And, and what you hear um, is roughly, if you hear half an, hour, half an hour of audio, it typically takes at least three times that long to, for them to record it. There's so much that goes on behind the scenes. So it's a lot of work and their voice has to stay fresh and so on. Um, so there's that. So um, my first book, I just waited until the end. And then I was like, oh my God, now I have eight, you know, like an eight hour book I have to listen to. And I it was right. to listen to, but, you know, I'm a busy person and I know my story. Right. I want to listen to audio books. <laughs> So what I've learned is she updates me and says, okay, I've, done, I've just done two chapters, and that's great. So at the end of the day, when everything else is done, I get to – it's like a job that I have to do, but I, I really enjoy it. So what I do, Lisa, <laughs> I get my headphones on, I close the door so the family is you know, out of the way, and I get my coloring <laughs> book out. And, oh. and I listen to a few chapters because I can't – I'm too – fidgety a person to just sit and listen to audio. So my right. audio consumption is cooking, I'll be jogging, I'll be driving, but obviously I really have to listen. I'm, I'm listening in for maybe little clicks that come through, like speaking noises or mistakes or, you know, something like that, because even the best narrator will slip up, you know, somewhere in the five right. words that she has to in one go. Um, so coloring is perfect for me, <laughs> and it's super relaxing. Oh, my God, it's so relaxing. And um, so that's what I do. I color and I listen to the chapters so that it also speeds up the whole process for my readers because if we waited until Kelsey did the whole book, okay, about three weeks, then you'd have to wait for me to be able to listen to it. And let's say that took me another 10 days, you know, just trying to fit it in because right. I'm still writing, obviously, other things I have to do. Right. Um, that delays the whole process. So this way, when she finishes last chapter, the next day I'm ready and I send her my list of whatever things I found um, that need to be changed. Um, and so, like I said, these little slips of the tongue, um, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not at all, but when you hear it aloud, you realize you've written a tongue twister. <laughs> and then right. when it's on the page, you can pick up on it, you know? Um, or, you know, whatever little things that might, or you might say, ah, it, you know, it comes out a little snippy or a little too whiny, right. you know, however you want to direct mm-hmm. that part. And I really try to stay out of that, but there's, um, from time to time, there's something that I would like to change. So I send her that list, and she has to make those changes. So just imagine, I mean, there's a lot of technology that goes into this. So the narrator sure. has to have a skill set. She has to be a narrator and a producer. So she has to go back. Mm-hmm. And she said the whole book, and maybe, you know, the book says, um, you know, Connor strode up the stairs to the house on top of the hill. And let's say there was a click in the middle of stairs, you know, or maybe instead of he strode up the stairs, maybe she slipped the tongue, or it didn't sound like it sounded like he stole, you know, something, something went wrong. Right. Uh-huh. So she's going right. to take that one sentence and edit it in. She's got to find the right part of the audio and edit it in and make it all fit smoothly, uh, seamlessly. So that is a step that I, I was ignorant about. You know, you think, well, they just recorded, right? So there is another mm-hmm. round, and then 
finally we're done and we're happy. And then you give it to ACX, which is the producing side of Audible, and their technicians get to work on it. And now, and they come from Audible. Okay, in as much as in as little as three weeks, which is great. But other times, there's one time it took like seven months. It was just crazy, and you, and and oh my it's gosh. very unfair for the. Oh, it's terrible. So that part is out of our hands. So it's always kind of a happy surprise. <laughs> right, <laughs> when the book goes live. <laughs> so if you get an email from me that goes, yay, my audio book is live. Now you know I am so excited. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. When, when we were doing my Muse Chronicles, twice it happened that we would, we would put the books in for the final audio review, and then we would start on the next book. And then we would start on the next book. So often there were two books in for audio review at the same time. At one point there were three. Well, for some reason, one of them came out like in three days, but the other two were not. So when you go to look at the series on the Audible website, it's like book one, two, and book six. And I'm like, what? It was it was craziness. Wow. But because apparently it doesn't matter what order they come in. It's just whenever Audible technicians go through and put them up. So anyway, so yeah, so my series was way out of order for a while. <laughs> my gosh. I think some people look back on this like as the caveman days of audio and be like, oh, laugh about it. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> We're not so quite to the laughing stage yet. <laughs> Sometimes we just cry. <laughs> right, we right. Sometimes we just weep. Yeah. <laughs> it is so amazing just to think that how easily you can you can get an audio book and you just order and zoom, it comes through the ether and you could be listening in five minutes from now, you know? So that, that right. part is pretty amazing. That and, um, part is amazing. Else, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Something else is I have a, my new series, my, my, my most recent series is called Fire Maidens, um, and it's set in Europe. So poor Kelsey has, so the first book is, is in Paris, and just has little things like, you know, Merci, Mon Chérie, and, you know, little things like that. But she's had to try to get the accent right. <laughs> just, right. Know, just throw in French, a little snippets of Italian in the book about Rome or the book about Venice and little snippets, you know, the Scotland and so on, or funny words, you know, like, um, you know, toasting in another, in another country, another language, you know, drinking to, drinking to your health or, you know, whatever. So poor Kelsey has had to, like, do, now she doesn't do accents. So this is an interesting issue, right? So you have a character. So let's say have Fire Made in Scotland, obviously set in Scotland with our, you know, a Highlander hero who's also a dragon because, of course, <laughs> um, and... It, it, what I think people might not appreciate is, you know, how hard it is to to properly do an accent, right? And you don't want to butcher an accent and turn everybody off. And there's no one narrator who could do every one of my heroes that, you know, in England, London, Rome, Portugal, et cetera, et cetera. Now Monte Greece is, is the next one. Nobody can get each of those heroes or heroines' accents exactly right. So the approach Kelsey and I use, and a lot of people really appreciate it, they, they write that in the reviews, is she just narrates it in her uh, mild American accent. Because I think, of course it would be great. You know, if I had a huge budget, I would hire, well, right. Sean Connery, unfortunately, 
can't hire him anymore, but I would have. Right, right. And he, but somebody you know, with that, that Scottish, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but short of that, so of course, you can't, there's that, that um, short of managing that, you, you still, you can completely immerse yourself in the story. And it's actually better that way because it's kind of, you know, your mom reading to you when you were a little kid, um, she did all the voices, you know, and you fell into right. the story. And at a certain point, the, the voice is changing. It makes sense. You might have alternate, a lot of people have alternating narrative, you know, male and female for different chapters. Um, right. But it's, it's just hard to do. And, it's, and if you can't do it 100% right, then the best solution is just use your normal voice and use her amazing narrative powers to just bring that story to life. So that's, that's kind of an interesting thing that I'm not sure that people are fully aware of, like, how that works. Right, and and when you're auditioning narrators, if you have the accents that are going to be needed for the book, you put all that in in the auditions and all this kind of. It's very interesting how it all goes because most of the narrators will say which accents they can do, and I had never even thought of any of that until my books were coming out in audio, and I'm like, oh my gosh. This is a thing, yeah. um, you know, so uh, as a reader, you don't, you don't think about it, but yeah, these are all actual things that you have to, um, you know, decide how you're going to tackle them when an audio book is coming out. Yeah. And you have to know what you're talking about. Like, if, if I'm reading a book and it's about um, businessmen in Chicago, I don't know enough about businessmen in Chicago that I will just read it and buy everything you tell me. If it's a good story, I'll just love it. But if I was mm-hmm. in Chicago and I had mistakes in there, it would completely wreck the story for me. So, for example, you might mm-hmm. have an area who claims that they can do, oh, I can do a British accent. There is no such thing as a British accent, no, as there is no such thing as an American. You know, the, uh, how many different accents do we have? And, and right. for example, England, it's a geographically smaller country and so many accents. So, what, you know, what exactly, right. which accent you talk? Is it going to be a posh right. one? Is it going to be, you know, a country one? Is this person from Yorkshire Dales? You know, are you up from Scotland? You know, it's totally different. Um, so, yeah. So, you know, maybe someday, you know, I think that's called full production audio, where it's actually, like, acted out, where they actually have, like, six speakers, and it's almost like a movie without the visuals. Um, right. But it's amazing. Like, if you've never seen audio, you just – a good narrator, and, and Kelsey does this, and I'm sure yours do too, is they just sweep you into the story world and you just you just follow along. <laughs> it's, it's just kind of magical in that way, really very much like when we were little kids and we got stories read to us, you know? Right. Well, and I feel like with audio – um, at the end of a series, I always feel like that with books too. At the end of a series, I'm like, oh, I have this hole in my heart. But it's even worse in audiobooks because you feel like you know all these people, and whatever voice your narrator uses for the different characters, you know, when they reappear in another book, you're like, oh my gosh. And then, you know, and so at the end, it's like you lost a whole family. Um, <laughs> At the end of a series, I'm like, oh, what am I going to do now? <laughs> and and yeah, it's and I, a little different because you're attached to them. My my only um, uh, answer or, or, or solution to that, because I 100% agree, I, I, and especially our stories, you put these four characters through the ringer, right? It wouldn't be an right. interesting story if, 
they met and fell in love and everything was easy and they lived happily ever. You know, they have to, bad stuff has to happen. So you reach the end of the story and you're not ready to let them go, but you kind of want to see, well, what happens next, right? Like, you know, are they, mm-hmm. you know, do they have honeymoon? Do they have kids? You know, are they, are they fixing up the house? Or, so I, uh, I write bonus scenes for all my books. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like, just a little... It was like an extra chapter, and some of them are in audio on my like my Twin Moon series. You can actually get those. The, the more recent ones I haven't gotten done in audio, um, but I, I do love that solution for me <laughs> as much as for my readers slash listeners because we can just spend that extra little, uh, the extra half hour hour enjoying the story world. Um, so that's something uh, you said you put up my. Um, the link to my website. So if you're a member of my, if you sign up for my newsletter, you get all those bonus scenes to read for free. Um, so, oh, but it's kind cool. of like I do it for as much as I do it for anybody else. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. That's re- that's really cool. And it has making knowing that you're going to put your book out in audio. Have you noticed at all that it changes a little bit about the way that you write the new books? Do you think about when you're writing it? Do you think about how it will be when she's narrating it? Have you noticed anything like that? Absolutely. Yeah, it's good that you bring that up because um, I think it's made me a better writer because it's, you know, very, it's very easy to write, uh, where are you going, he said. Well, I'm on the way to the store, she said. And, and somehow right. when, you, when you read that, we're so trained for those dialogue tags and those cues that your eye jumps over it. Um, right. But you can write, you don't need half of them. It's amazing how few you need. So it's taught me to hear my own dialogue that, as I write it. And, you know, do I really need to put that in? Because the reader, it's, 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 a, quick, it's a quicker, more natural read. So even if you're going to read it um, instead of listening, and so definitely knowing that it will become audio has definitely, I think, improved um, just in tiny ways uh, my storytelling. But I do also, some things are, you can't, like you have to say, he sighed or he muttered. You know, you have to, you have to give a cue. But so what I, uh, when I prepare the script for Kelsey, I actually put in some notes. So some things like, it might, it might be like, you know, are you okay? And you go, I'm fine. You know, and in the book, you might be like, I'm fine. He growled. But I'll just put that in parentheses. So she leaves that out because you don't need, when you hear it, I'm fine, you don't need to hear he growled because she does it. She growls it, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I, I put things in parentheses as kind of a cue to her, and she leaves out stuff um, that is unnecessary because she's bringing it to life. And she'll laugh and she'll not cry, but she'll, she'll, she'll match her voice to the mood. And, oh, it's just amazing. Just, you guys, you got to listen. Because <laughs> you know, in the yeah. action scene, she's up and you're, you're on the edge of your seat. And in the contemplative getting to know you scenes, it's kind of she slows down and kind of gets in the mood. And, and, it, and it's just, um, yeah, it's, just, it's really an art. For sure, yeah. And do you think that all of your – is it your plan every time you write a book for it to come out in audio? Yes, at this point, yes. Um, I really enjoy yeah. it, and uh, listeners like it. Um, and, it's yeah, I think it's just a great new dimension. And as I said now, 
um, and you can switch back and forth, and it's getting easier and easier. And it's, I guess there's also the cost. Um, so there's the cost to us, and there's the cost to the reader. So I'm always looking for ways to make things more um, uh, accessible for, for listeners, because that's also um, an issue. Um, ah, but you know what just popped into my head, too, is uh, I've had some lovely, lovely messages from people who are... Um, have sight difficulties. They're, they don't mm-hmm. have full vision. I have right. a couple of fans who are legally blind or fully blind. And one of them, I just had a lovely, just an email exchange. She said, oh, I just love your books and my mom reads it to me, and I just love how you bring the landscape alive. I can smell it. I can hear it. And just talk, talking, I, I say talking, I mean emailing to her a bunch of times. It just made me think, okay, what, what is her world like? And I actually wrote in um, a sight-impaired uh, side character in one of my recent books, and that's Fire Made in Scotland. Um, and she just loved, <laughs> she just loved seeing that, um, uh, seeing that, haha. Um, she right, loved having right. that in the book, um, and really appreciated. And it just, and I appreciate too that she's opened my mind to imagining things that I hadn't imagined. Um, so I guess, right. you know, that's part of this. Thank goodness we have technology. We can do large print. When I think of my poor grandmother in her day, you know, squinting or using a magnifying glass to get the book and needed the physical book. So now we have e-readers. We have audio. There's just so many ways you can, you can access enjoy. that story. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. I recently actually I have. I hurt my arm and just holding up a book or even a tablet was actually difficult, Right. You want to lay back in bed, and to hold a book over your face takes a little bit more power than I thought. Um, and just to put earphones on, and you can just listen to yeah. it instead. So yeah, just, yeah, it's a, yeah. Well, we're running out of time, and I could talk about this for hours. But how, <laughs> before she cuts you off, how do you like readers to get in touch with you? Are are you on Facebook? Should they just join your newsletter? Yeah, um, thanks for asking. I'm on Facebook, Analog Books uh, on Facebook, and I put a lot of, well, this is what I'm working on now, and so on and so on. There's also a great Facebook uh, group called Paranormal Romance uh, Audio for Fans, and then it goes, it has a hyphen and aroo, like A-R-O-O-O-O-O. <laughs> and that's what we <laughs> We have like to exchange, say, well, I like this book, who can recommend a different book, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or sign up for my newsletter. You can find me on com. And I have a link right there for you guys to click. So thanks so much for being here, Anna. It was great to talk to you again. Thanks so much, Lisa. You're so good at this. It's just always a pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> thanks you for joining us on Book Lights. Be sure to connect with us at www.readersentertainment.com for articles, blogs, videos, and podcasts that matter to readers.